you know, the other interesting thing is that uh, when you look at um, adults, uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, ADHD with children. Um, and there are a lot of adults out there that are um, <laughs> riddled with ADHD and they, they, might, they, might, they might not know it. You don't have to learn to trade alone. Welcome to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast, where we interview professional currency traders and industry experts who can help you improve your trading and your life. And now, your host, Hugh Kimura. Welcome to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by TradingHeroes.com. My name is Hugh Kimura, and in this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Joe Kruger from JKOnFX.com. His path to professional trading is one that some of you can probably relate to. He initially went down the more traditional path of going to law school and becoming an investment banker. Joel has also been a currency analyst, but once he was exposed to the trading floor, he was hooked. Find out how he made the transition to full-time trading and what he recommends to people who want to become successful FX traders. If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other platform, be sure to go to tradingheroes.com to get the full show notes and listen to all of the other interviews. I had a lot of fun doing this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, remember that trading is risky, and you could lose all of your investment. This podcast is for educational purposes only, and is not trading, tax, or investment advice of any kind. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Hey, Joel, thanks for coming on the show. Great to be here. So uh, you did a previous interview on Chat with, Ch Chat with Traders, right, with Aaron? I did. I did. Yeah, it was very cool. I really enjoyed it. And um, if you want to, if people want to find out more about your background and why you should trade Forex and stuff like that, then I, I would really recommend you check that out. But I'd like to kind of extend on that conversation and maybe go a little deeper. So um, I guess the first question is, how did you first get into Forex trading? So, I mean, there's, I guess, different levels of that, uh, that question to, to answer. But, uh, you know, the, bot the bottom line was I was always uh, very attracted to speculation. Um, you know, I always talk about that first, that first time in elementary school I was in the halls and, um, you know, someone was coming down the halls in, in Ontario in Canada with this ticket in their hand and I didn't know what it was. And I asked him what it was and he said it was, um, they had just legalized sports betting in the, the province of Ontario. And <laughs> So <laughs> I couldn't believe that that existed, and the idea that you could bet on a game was something that uh, I guess wasn't known to me up until that point. And I just I was so excited by the idea, and and so that's I guess where the origins of my where I discovered that I really you know I was always into sports and, and being competitive, and um, and then I just I, I liked the analytical side of that. So that's where I was drawn to it. But then later on in life, I I, um, I went into investment banking. And when, and when I was working in investment banking, I really didn't have um, much knowledge to start out with. I come from a family of uh, doctors, brothers that are doctors, fathers that's a doctor. So um, I, I went into investment banking and I, I sort of uh, learned the ropes a little bit. Uh, I, I started in debt capital markets. Mm -hmm. And then at some point along the way, I, I discovered the trading floor. And so it was just um, a natural uh, transition for me. It was something that I, I was very attracted to, um, and and that sort of those are the origins of uh, of my I guess my trading career. <laughs> very cool. So you were originally a currency strategist, is that correct? 
That's right. So I, I started off working in strategy. Um, I came from, I, I started to go down to, to the trading floor and I, I got a little bit of exposure. And then I, I transitioned into working as a strategist. And that's kind of where I came up learning uh, about the market. Um, it's funny because, you know, when I started out, I come from a law school background into investment banking. <laughs> I knew nothing I knew nothing about technical analysis. So I guess I was fundamental at that point. Although even then I, I would say that it's a bit of a stretch to call my, my knowledge fundamental. But um, I, I sort of uh, uh, picked it up and sort of um, you know worked at on the strategy side for several years. Oh, very cool. So if somebody w- wants to get paid to learn, I guess basically would be becoming a strategist be a good strategy for them. Well, I think I think it's a you know I think that I'm a very big proponent of everybody doing you know what's good for them. I don't um, I think that some people need to you know maybe spend more time on the research side. Some people need to maybe spend more time in, in books. Some people might need to jump right into it. So I think it, you need to figure out who you are and what's good for you, and then apply that. Uh, for me, uh, strategy was great um, because it gave me the ability to sort of learn without making mistakes, um, and, and and I was I was drawn. And, and again, it's something maybe we'll talk about in a little bit but you know you need to love what you're doing especially if it's something like this you need to be passionate because there's going to be a lot of you know uh, bumps along the road and so uh, coming into it on the strategy side I felt sort of blessed um, that I did I wasn't throwing myself into the fire right away Um, so it was a good it was a good uh, uh, path for me to take okay great answer Uh, so was it a big leap to go from a strategist to a trader very, very big. Uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things that um, it, you know you hear it in life a lot. You know, you, you really just don't know what something's like until you you jump into it. And and so as much as you can be prepared for it, and you know, um, you know, you, I'm sure you, you you played you played sports growing up, and you had that coach that was you know told you how to how to play and what to do. And then <laughs> whenever he stepped stepped out on the court, he couldn't he couldn't hit a shot. So it's kind of it's kind of like that a little bit. You know, you, you it's a, it's a different. Um, it's a different mindset, and uh, there are different things that come into play, different components, different variables that come into play um, when you are, you know, effectively live and you're trading. Um, and so that was a, a, a big jump, something that you really you can prepare as much as possible, and that and that's certainly going to help. But but once you get into it, um, you know, there's going to be another learning curve that you have to go through uh, to sort of maybe uh, get your emotions in check and your discipline in check. And um, and so yeah, it, it was a big jump. Oh, I see. Was there ever a point where you want to quit? Uh, many times, you yeah. know, but I, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know if there, there, I don't know if quit is is the right word, but uh, there, there are many, there are many, many times where you just get beaten down so hard that you know you just want to sort of uh, curl up in a corner of your room, put your, put your thumb in your mouth, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can't believe that happened. Um, but you, you, t- you know, you you come back and and you you reflect, and you know, I think that I, I think that. Um, again, in life in general, you know, anybody, you know, a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have to um, change and adjust and and sort of correct ourselves almost instantaneously, and that's not realistic. And I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. I'm not trying to, you know, give anybody a free ride here. You know, that that it's okay to sort of blow up, but at the same time, that is part of the process. And you, you, you as you continue to sort of reflect and make mistakes, you know, slowly but surely, you sort of, you you know, you you, you sort of keep on that path. 
path to getting better and better. And I think the one constant throughout is, again, it's a passion um, for what it is that you're doing. And that's, that's sort of what keeps you going. You know, for me, it was always the idea of, you know, gr it's great to, to be right and it's great to make money on a trade, but just the idea of finding uh, uh, something that was compelling and looking for a compelling trade idea, something that maybe somebody else wasn't seeing, and, and doing that research and, and coming up with an idea and thinking about it and, and then applying it, that, that's where a lot of the gratification comes from. So, um, but definitely a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of days where, um, I felt, uh, you know, that I'm pretty beaten down. <laughs> yeah. I think we can all, uh, relate to that for sure. Um, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, everybody, I think everybody, I, I can't stress enough. I think that if anybody's listening, uh, you know, for all of you that are listening out there, um, you know, it, it, it's a part of the process and you're going to get beaten down and it's, it's, it's like that in life too. And you just need to get back up and you need to push forward and you need to keep pushing forward and keep learning from your mistakes and, and don't be discouraged. And, and if it takes you, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, you just need to keep working towards that goal and you'll get there, you know, and, 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 and fail Failure is is a wonderful part of the process, and it's something that you know. Again, in today's society, we just we just people just don't get that enough, and people aren't sort of um, you know they're not told enough uh, how important it is to fail, and 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 why that's so important. And um, you know, it's it's so much better when you get to the other side, and you look back, and you sort of can you have those lumps, and, and you sort of can look back and say, you know, I made it to the other side, and, and it was so much more worth it to go through that process than to you know have some you know quick you know instant gratification yeah for sure and i've i've talked to traders who've spent what 10 years sometimes you know um until they beca became profitable and uh yeah if you really want it then you have to really work at it absolutely i guess one of the biggest things that can help pick you up is the influence of mentors and heroes and stuff like that so who were your biggest mentors and trading heroes i guess well, I, I guess you know um, I, I did come from uh, you know it, it didn't it didn't always necessarily have to be um, you know a trader per se, mm -hmm. um, but but it, 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 I think I was always attracted most um, to successful down to earth people uh, that had really you know uh, put their dues in over time, and so it, it really it, it you know the people that stand out are not necessarily traders, but they're people that that I, I look up to that were a little bit ahead of me that had really whether they they grown their own business um, or whether they had worked really hard to get where they were um, in, in whatever profession you know they, they were working in um, these were the people that I sort of looked up to and again because a lot of this can be extended across the board it doesn't have to be trading per se um, you know specifically when it came to trading um, you know I again I was always attracted I'm not I, I wouldn't you know um, you know characterize myself as you know a, a textbook academic and so I guess those people that were you know that, that were sort of more talking about the trading and, and, and you know, less academics and more trading um, and, and the, the, maybe the, the more successful hedge fund managers that, were, that I felt were a little bit more, more down to earth um, were uh, the, the, the ones that I, was, um, that I was attracted to. I mean, one, one, one that stands out in, in, the, in the asset management hedge fund global macro space, I, I, always, I was always drawn to uh, Paul Tudor Jones. Um, I always liked his, you know, approach and, and sort of the way he, uh, what he's done with his life. He's done some really good things with charity and he's been very successful. He's very down to earth. Um, and um, he's a gunslinger. You know, he's not just, you know, he's not just one of these guys that sit back and let, lets a model run, um, you know, or, you know, as, as he approaches markets, you know, with, with using the, what I call, we, I call the GUT model, the old gut model, uh, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 that, and those, those are the people that I respect, I think, and the people that I can relate to. 
Uh, I see. Okay, awesome. It's always interesting to hear how people have been influenced. Um, what do you think is the biggest myth that most people believe about Forex? I think I think I think the biggest myth about the industry um, is that uh, is uh, you know it's just the whole idea of I, I don't know if I would call it a myth or or or, or a, a sort of a bad association, um, but I think the biggest problem uh, with the market is is the leverage. Um, and I think that I think that if if people were to understand uh, that FX is is probably arguably the best asset class to trade because you know when you're looking at an asset class, what do you, what more can you ask for? You have liquidity, you know, you have volatility. Um, the market's open 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. It's 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 always moving. It's the biggest market in the world. And so when you have a market that you have access to like that, well, what could be bad? So the, unfortunately, um, you know, the only thing that's, that's the only drawback, which is really not a function of FX and more a function of regulation. And I'm not, you know, one who's advocating over regulation by any means. But when you do give people <coughs> that are not educated uh, leverage of 200 to 1, 100 to 1, 50 to 1 even, um, they're going to they're gonna blow up. And so they're never going to have that opportunity uh, to, to learn how to trade. They're never going to give themselves that opportunity. So there's no point. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're basically going to a casino and you're throwing your money away and you never did trade. You never gave yourself that opportunity. And so I think that's the biggest maybe myth is the idea that you can sort of hit it out of the park and you can make, you know, a ton of money really quickly. Um, and I think that if people, you know, sort of, um, uh, approached FX, uh, you know, uh, and sort of use the leverage that they might have maybe five times, maybe even 10 times, but certainly, you know, not getting much more aggressive than that. I think that they'll be able to last a lot longer or at least last to the point where they can at least see, you know, what, what their capabilities are as a trader. I think 99% of people that trade FX um, don't have that opportunity and it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So what's your favorite Forex related trading story? Oh, uh, well, I guess... The one that comes to mind um, is uh, is this year. I mean, earlier this year with with the Swiss franc. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the one that stands out. It's the one that's the most recent. Um, and you know, just uh, I had um, I actually had a position on the on, on the on in January when 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 the we all know the Euro Swiss was trading uh, just above 120 for several years, mm-hmm. um, and, and the SNB had basically said that they weren't going to let Euro Swiss fall below the 120 level, and so uh, they were committed to that, and they were firmly committed to that. And all of a sudden, on well, one day in January, they decided to <laughs> not be so committed to that, and um, you know it, it rocked the industry. I had actually um, a position on I was long Euro Swiss at the time, so I was long um, Euro Swiss at. Um, about 120.12, so just over over the figure. The market wasn't really doing much for days, and it was just you know uh, 12 points over over the figure. And so what I did was I I put uh, a long position on, um, and 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 for the the only time I've ever done this, and specifically for this, I sent out a, a strategy report uh, to my clients, just explaining to them that for this one instance, when I was going to put my stop loss, it was going to be above the figure, not below. So I was long 120.12 about I can't remember the exact number, but somewhere around there, and I put a stop loss above. 120. Normally, you know, when you're trading a long position like that, you, you put the stop loss below the figure because um, you don't want to have it above the psychological barrier. And so I, I put it above specifically because I knew that if 
that level was taken out, it was going to be a disaster. Now nobody was thinking forty percent move in five minutes, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but but th- you know, I, I thank God I was t- I was taken out um, just over one twenty. Um, I have to uh, credit uh, you know my liquidity provider and 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 you know the broker I was working with, and um, but. Um, it uh, it was a quite a day, and, and that's one that stands out. And I, I feel sick every time I think about the damage that was done on that day. Um, and um, you know, there was a lot of interesting things going on in the market at that time. And and since then, I I do not take any um, exposure over the weekend. Uh, I just can't can't stomach the idea of anything happening all through the Greece crisis. You know, all those weekends were you know that was nothing compared. But you know, there was all that weekend risk. I just was very happy to go into the weekend uh, without any exposure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great lesson for sure yeah um along the lines of your trading i noticed that you're one of the few educators who i have come across um who actually shows his real money uh, results in his membership area and that can be a good and bad thing for both the student and the mentor but why do you choose to show your results well i think it goes back to what i was talking about before uh what i try to do um, is I try to run um, for clients. I, I try to show them, you know, what the possibilities are and what the potential is. And I'm not really fixated on how well I perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the idea is to trade uh, an unleveraged account um, and to trade that unleveraged account and take positions and to show people that if you trade an unleveraged account, even if you make mistakes, um, you know, you're not going to ever be in a position where you're, you know, you, you want to throw up at night. And so. <laughs> You know, we we I, I we we actually launched the book um, back in August of 2014, and we just completed completed the first year um, this past August unleveraged, and, and we we generated returns of over 30 percent unleveraged. So nice. had a phenomenal yeah had a phenomenal year and, and was very lucky. But that's not the goal of this. The goal is to you know maybe try and hit 10 percent unleveraged at just take it slow. And so it really is less about uh, me trying to, to, you know, spin out returns for clients and me, you know, just sort of putting my head down and focused on good trades and not focusing on dollars and cents. And I find that if you can not focus on the dollars and cents and just focus on taking good trades, um, you will be way ahead of the game. It's, it's amazing how many little simple things you can do that aren't complicated. I, people spend so much time reading books and, and, and strategies and this and that. And it's just way, way too much, I think. And, and I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to knock that, but I think that people, uh, instead of focusing on all those things, they could just focus on some few, few simple things um, and they'll put themselves in that one percentile, you know, that, that successful one percentile. So, um, you know, uh, I guess, I guess, um, I guess that that's kind of how I feel about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest, one of the biggest things, actually, you start off with all these indicators in your chart and then you go to all these other courses and you try to get as much information as possible. And then it comes back to just paring it down and keeping it as simple as possible. Yeah. I mean, I always say, I always say like, you know, if you're starting out, you know, you open up an account, a small account. Um, I do think it's good to have a real account, but it doesn't have to be anything su- substantial. Um, it could be a thousand dollars. It could be $500. You need to take it seriously. So it needs to be enough where you're going to, you know, take it seriously. And, and, you know, trade that account, forget about the money, trade an unleveraged account. So you have a thousand dollar account, take a thousand dollar position. Um, you know, the market moves uh, for you a hundred points, you make 1% against you, you lose 1%. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Okay. And if you do that and you just focus in, you don't need to know much. You just watch a chart. You don't need to throw up all the indicators. Just start like that and say, okay, this market looks like it might be, you know, topping out. Great. So take a short, you know, short the market. If you look like it's going to go up, then try it and have good, you know, have a stop loss 
else in mind and, you know, pick, pick a target. And then you'll see and you'll gradually learn without putting a lot of capital at risk. And, and, and again, if it, that's the other beauty of FX and, and, and most, you know, large financial markets and asset classes is that if you can, you know, and the, the, one of the, the biggest luxuries we have over the past 15 years is the accessibility of these markets to retail traders, and that's mm-hmm. that's a blessing. I mean, it's uh, you know, and 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 it's a blessing because if you can you know trade a five hundred dollar, a thousand, ten thousand dollar account, whatever it is, for a year, you know, twenty four months successfully, and and you're generating solid returns on a percentage basis, the numbers, the money doesn't matter. The the, the dollar returns do not make a difference. But if you can generate consistent returns over twenty four months. That will be, you know, highly scalable. I mean, people will be throwing money at you, so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that. And if you just take those one year or two years or you know even six months, just focus on that. You'll be you'll be way ahead. I mean, if you can if you can do that, and you'll you'll have enough confidence to raise as much money as you want. You know, so um, people just get too clouded um, by um, the uh, sort of uh, the unrealistic glamour out there, and it's unfortunate. You know. Yeah, that's true, and in a lot of markets. Like you mentioned, you know, five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks will pay your commissions. You can't even get started. So I think that's a huge advantage to FX for sure. Ab- absolutely. Um, cause, so I guess the big question right now is, can you share with us how you trade a little bit? Sure. So, so uh, you know, again, going back to a little bit of what I touched on before, I, I sort of told you, you know, when I was talking in a different context, but I said that, you know, it's always important to sort of figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you figure out who you are, and I think most people have a handle uh, on who on who they are and what they're about, you need to adapt a strategy that you know works with your personality. So, uh, for example, you know, I am. I guess I, t- I kind of always, you know, I'm on the other side. I, if somebody in life, if somebody says this, I kind of look at. <laughs> The other side, you yeah. know, and so I'm always like sort of a contrarian um, in life, um, just the way I am, and and so uh, I I apply that to my trading. So I am not a trend trader, um, you know. I occasionally, I'll, I'll I'll of course trade with trends, but most of my entries uh, on positions are. Uh, contrarian base. So uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm looking to always go against, um, you know, whatever the underlying trend is. Um, a lot of my strategy is based on, you know, um, you know, simple stuff that you've heard of, I'm sure a lot. I'm looking for markets that are overextended and I'm looking for mean reversion. Mm-hmm. And and I, I would I would also apply, I would also say that my strategy is somewhat um, techno fundamental. Um, so while a lot of it is grounded in sort of isolating entries and being introduced to ideas that are technically compelling, um, I also, you know, uh, over the years have become more um, fundamental in that I, I like to use that as a filter, an added filter for, um, you know, basically pulling the trigger on a trade um, and just feeling more comfortable about the position I take. Um, so uh, techno, techno fundamental, um, discretionary, certainly um, contrarian based uh, type of a strategy. Oh, okay, very cool. Uh, what would you say are your greatest strengths and weaknesses as a trader? Okay, so so I guess uh, greatest strengths. It's I guess it's a bit of a double-edged sword. I mean, I feel that um, I've always had um, a good intuition um, for 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 markets. I, I I'm drawn to to to, to speculation and, and I like uh, risk and I like taking risk and um, it's not something that necessarily scares me. And so when I see something I like, you know, I I'm, I'm, I feel good about going for it. Um, at the same time. Uh, 
you know, I, that sometimes can can bite you in the ass. You know, <laughs> yeah. if you if you because because you know when you have that type of a, a mentality and and, you, and if you're if you're a little bit too cocky about it or you feel a little too good about the idea and you feel like you're you know you, sometimes you can feel like you're bigger than the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, the market will eat you up pretty quickly. So I think that that you know it's 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 sort of you know something that can help me and something that can um, can also hurt me. I think you know the other interesting thing is that uh, when you look at um, adults, uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, ADHD with children. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of adults out there that are um, <laughs> riddled with ADHD. and they, <laughs> they, they, might, they, might, they might not know it. And I think that there are a lot of people that are drawn to trading because there is an element of risk taking um, in an ADHD, um, you know, um, patient or, or somebody with, with, with ADHD. And so um, I certainly, I, I do have ADHD. Um, and so it's something that I've um, certainly learn to cope with um, and 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 there again there are good things about it that that um, you know you grow up you don't you didn't know anything about that and I didn't know that I had it and uh, it certainly didn't hold me back I don't think too much but when I look back in retrospect there I can see that there were certain times where you know I, I wow I, I realized that you know I had to battle through something mm-hmm. uh, not really knowing that um, that I had that um, that obstacle in front of me and so um, you know uh, these are things that you learn um, and you sort of learn your your weaknesses in your character and your personality and you sort of you're able to sort of correct them and and that's how you come out even stronger um but certainly you know i think just bottom line you know my my gut and my intuition can sometimes um help me and they can sometimes hurt me okay very interesting um what's one of the biggest traits that you see in your successful traders uh your successful students Uh, a trait um uh, you know, a willingness to stay the course, you know, a willingness to really buy into, um, you know, uh, the, the program. Um, and, and there's no official program. It's just when I say that, I mean really being able to sort of commit to the idea that, you know, I'm, I guess I'm kind of the, the, the anti-broker in the sense that, you know, I'm really trying to, to let these guys know that, you know, and gals, um, that, you know, you need to forget about, you know, leverage and, and, and money and you need to sort of, um, commit to you know just trading on uh, trades that you, you, that you that you take on a daily basis that you know you're committed to just good ideas and seeing them through and mm-hmm. and forgetting about forgetting about the, the you know the bucks and, and and I think that the most successful uh, in, in my community and I'm very blessed to have a nice and a really nice following of of um, of, uh, of clients now that that um, are wonderful I mean really good interactions with them but you know generally that they they really can appreciate um, what, what the markets are they appreciate that you know you're not going to get every trade right um, they appreciate that that it's a process they appreciate that um, uh, that I, you know I'm not somebody who's advocating um, you know you know leveraging up your account so uh, those are the types of people that I think are, are, are the most successful and the ones that I that I, I've seen um, the ones that really understand you know what it's about and um, that this is not about you know an overnight success it's about you know being in it for the long haul yeah yeah for sure um, so I guess we're almost coming up on our time here but uh, just a couple more questions sure of course um, what are the top three books that you would recommend to people to read not necessarily trading books 
Okay. Um, so uh, I guess you know uh, one that uh, you know that that I actually I think a lot of people have read that I that I that I, I you know, hopefully can, people can relate to a little bit. If you haven't read it, I'd say Market Wizards is a is a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. Um, the first Market Wizards. I, I think I've certainly turned on to that. Um, obviously less academic and more just you know hearing uh, about the lives of different traders. And so that I thought was fascinating. Um, uh, you know, um, reminiscences of a stock offer. Operator, great book, um, just a great read, a lot of fun, mm-hmm. um, and something that um, I highly uh, recommend. Um, and then you know, there's just uh, you know, uh, you know, there's um, you know, uh, Ugly Americans is not necessarily a, a financial <laughs> markets textbook, but definitely a good story um, that uh, that I enjoyed. Um, uh, there's there's lots of you know good light reading. I, I'm really I can say that I'm not attracted to. I, I, I don't have the time. And again, I guess I guess this goes back to my ADHD. I don't. I, I'm not a big reader, um, and um, I can only read stuff that I think is you know really going to uh, captivate my eye at each word. Um, <laughs> other, otherwise, I'm out cold in about uh, five seconds. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, what do you like to do when you're not trading? Um, well, I uh, I have uh, a family, so I've got I've got my children. I love spending time with my children and my wife. Um, I still try to run. I, I run every day, so uh, I think that's that's really important. And again, a lot of uh, a lot of trading um, and being successful in whatever you do uh, comes down to a good you know balance in life. And um, I certainly can't play basketball like I used to. And um, I remember I went out a couple of years ago to try and play, and it was a disaster. I just I couldn't couldn't even touch the the bottom of the backboard. And so I said, enough of that. So I try to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, you know, I just, uh, I just try to keep myself busy, um, on a daily basis that I'm, I'm fortunate to have a, you know, a, a good, good thing going. And I have a lot of, uh, time on my hands and, um, you know, um, daily routine really comes down to just, you know, watching the market, going out for a run, helping the wife, being there for the children, going to a lot of uh, taxi cabbing around to a lot of uh, uh, sports practices and, and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And watching, I actually do watch, um, uh, you know, shamefully, I watch a lot of, a lot of television, a lot, a lot of programs I watch. I just watched, I just finished watching that Narcos on Netflix. Oh yeah, is that good? <laughs> you know, I feel a little bit guilty because it was, it was excellent. Um, <laughs> But I feel guilty because you know it's about Pablo Escobar, and you know obviously wasn't a great guy, and and the show does a good job of uh, you know getting into his uh, his life. I don't know how how accurate the portrayal is, but it's fantastic. If you're looking at it as a fiction, you know it's it's, it's really I highly recommend uh, watching that series. Um, uh, and you know love Silicon Valley and you know all the all the I guess all those shows that are out now. A lot of good TV. So, um, uh, but that's 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 uh, that's pretty much it. Not not too exciting. Life. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the um, blow, so I think I'll check out. Oh yeah. Also. Oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. It's it's uh it's it's pretty cool. I mean the 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 thing I like about it, I like that it's subtitled. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a lot of um good um uh you know I, I always can appreciate a good sort of subtitled movie or series, and you have phenomenal acting. Um, a lot of actors that you wouldn't know or see, and it's just the it's just the production's great. The cinematography is great, um, because you get to see Columbia, and there's just um fantastic acting. So yeah, go give it a shot. I'm curious. You let me know what you think. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Well, Joe, really appreciate you taking the time out. I know there's a big news today with the FOMC, so I want to let you get back there. But um, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? 
uh, I guess you know uh, you feel free to visit uh, jkonfx.com. Um, come over and and you know all of our information's up there. You can reach out. Um, always happy to answer an email. And so anybody can feel free to come over and uh, look forward to meeting you. Cool. Well, thanks a lot again, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Hugh. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast. To listen to all of the other episodes and get free access to Forex trading tools, tutorials, and resources, visit tradingheroes.com.